Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Well, the shooting death of the British Columbia RCMP constable adds to the numbers of police officers killed on duty in this country. And it also brings to the fore the issue of what must be done to reduce the risk to police officers. And today is Police and Peace Officers National Memorial Day, with ceremonies and uh, police and families attending from all over this country in Ottawa. Mark Baxter is the president of the Police Association of Ontario. Mark, thank you very much uh, for joining us. Quite a day, and a somber day in Ottawa, I would think, today. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me today. It's, uh, it is a, a somber day today, as we added 11 names of, you know, police heroes who have been killed in the line of duty uh, over the last year. We had 11 names to the wall, as well as two historical names today. So it's been, um, you know, unfortunately, one of the longest uh, of these ceremonies that I've, that I've been through, because we just had so many names to get through. Yeah, and you've had uh, you lost uh, police officers in the province of Ontario as well, a number of them in uh, 2023. Mark, after the sorrow and the deep sense of loss, what's the reaction after that? What's the response and the reaction of your members, the police officers of the province of Ontario? Yeah, well, I mean, our you know the, our members are angry, and uh, they're you know they're le- they're going to work every day, and. You know, we know there are risks associated with with policing, um, but we're seeing an escalation of violence towards police officers in this country like we've never seen in our history before. And, you know, our members leave their house every day. They leave the safety of their families um, behind to go to work to ensure the safety and security of their communities. And they are going there and they're not sure if, if they're going to make it home uh, at the end of the day. And that's, that's a really scary thought. Um, but, you know, despite all of everything that's been happening and the attack on law enforcement in this country, you know, thousands of police officers every day in all of our communities still get up, still put on uniform and still go to work to, to keep their community safe. Yeah. You know, I've been in communities where police have uh, not been present for a period of time, like the city of Montreal. I was there when, uh, in, uh, when I was in my late teens and police had a disagreement with the city administration and, uh, it wasn't a pleasant place to be without the police being present. It really was not a good place to be. When you have to start bringing in the military to police the streets, doesn't look good, doesn't feel good. So has the relationship, do you think, between police and their communities become tenuous, or is it a small group of people, individuals, who are causing the problem, perhaps because of leniency at the court level with bail and such? I think that's what it is. I think we've got, um, it's a small group of individuals who, yeah, they're not being held accountable by our current, uh, by our criminal justice system, and they're continually being released when they should be held in custody. And then because they're released, now they're able to commit more offenses, and they're committing violent offenses offenses against our police officers. Um, You know, the other piece of this as well is, you know, the mental health and addiction um, issues that we have going on in our country right now. And we've got um, a lot of people who are, um, a lot of vulnerable people who are in our communities without the proper mental health support and the proper resources to 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 help them to assist them, and then they, that turns oftentimes turns into addiction issues. Again, not proper resources in our communities to address uh, a lot of these addiction issues, and you know, uh, a lot of times it's uh, these these vulnerable people that um, with mental health issues that you know unfortunately are. Um, 
becoming engaged in criminal activity and are having um, violent uh, confrontations with, with our members. Yeah. So when you as a police association, the Police Association of Ontario, or your um, complementary police associations across the country, or the National Police Association, Police um, Canadian Police Association, when you go to provincial governments or you go to the federal government and you, you, you have a plan or you have an objective and you've thought it out and you've prepared it and you make a, a proposal to the governments uh, on, on how to improve the situation and not have your members at the level of risk they're at now when they go to work, what's the response you get from governments? Well, finally, they're starting to, to listen. Um, and unfortunately, it took uh, a really bad year of uh, a lot of tragedies and a lot of police officers killed in the line of duty, particularly for the federal government, to start to listen. Um, you know, the Canadian Police Association, uh, which, uh, you know, nearly every police officer uh, in this country is a member of, you know, they, they host, uh, they meet with regularly with um, parliamentarians and with, uh, you know, the ministers here in Ottawa. And for many years, we've been talking about the need for bail reform. We've been talking about um, the need to make some real changes uh, to our criminal justice system. And those calls have gone unanswered. Uh, and it took for uh, these, you know, the death of, of the officers last fall. And I think when it really came to a head with uh, Greg Prischella when he uh, was, was murdered uh, by someone on bail last December. And, and then after that, and some pressure, and of course, you know, the support that um, a law enforcement community across the country received from all their premiers, um, where all the premiers sent a letter in January to the federal government, to the prime minister, and said, we need to do something. Then they started listening. You know, what we've continued to keep the pressure up, and we're going to continue to um, follow um, as the legislation that they have introduced makes its way through the House. Yeah, when you talk about uh, Officer Pichello, 25 years of age, and all he did was stop to help. Somebody, if I remember the incident correctly, there was a vehicle in the ditch and he stopped his cruiser to try to go and help and he was shot and killed. Yeah, and you know, it's something that, that our members do, you know, every single day. And Constable Shailene Yang in, in Vancouver is an example, right? She's helping yes. at an encampment, yep. um, working with, with people with mental health issues, something that she had done for a long time and, um, yeah, and was, was stabbed. And so many of the, other, uh, of the other incidents, right, members are uh, at work helping their community, doing what they can to keep their community safe and being attacked. So, Mark, when you talk to your members about, uh, you know, going out to work and how their families feel about them going out to work, because they're doing a job that, you know, not everybody can do, not everybody uh, is willing to do. And, uh, you know, we, we say this many times when the rest of us are running away from a situation, police officers are running toward the situation. Mm -hmm. When you talk to your officers about what it's like to go to work and what their families tell them, what do you hear? Uh, anxiety. Um, families are, are concerned when, they're, when their loved one goes to work. You know, there's always been a concern that, you know, when, when their spouse goes to work as a police officer, you know, there's always a fear in the back of their mind that um, they're going to get that, that knock on the door in the middle of the night. Uh, and be told uh, something really tragic. But we've li lived in a society for so long where you know, the, the risk was so low. And it is still relatively low, but um, we've just had so much tragedy um, over the last you know, 13 months um, with now 12 police officers uh, that have been killed at work. Um, so we've, uh, you know, there, there, there's anxiety, but you know, I think a um, lot of support, right? Lots um partners whose spouse uh, is a police officer, they understand that it's a calling and they understand 
um, the reward um, that um, they get by having uh, their loved one out there keeping their community safe. And, and we need police officers to do the job to keep our community safe. Um, so, And if we don't address this, we're going to lose experienced officers who will retire as soon as they can. And I suspect that may, may already be happening. It is happening. We're having some, we're, we're looking at some preliminary data in Ontario at police officers that have left the profession in the last um, five years. And we haven't gone through all the data. We actually were just provided with it on, uh, on Friday. But, you know, police officers that have left the profession in the last five years are not leaving at full retirement. They're leaving early um, to go to another to, to go to another profession or another career. So um, it's something that we're going to continue to uh, to address. And in Ontario, we're working with the Chiefs Association um, as well as uh, the Ontario Provincial Police Association and the Toronto Police Association to try and address um, a staffing crisis that we have going on right now. Uh, and we're working with the Ontario government to, to, to address this um, and try and come up with some uh, recruitment initiatives. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.